The men's basketball team got an absolute kick in the teeth today from the NCAA. We talk a little bit of college football playoff initial rankings, plus an interesting story regarding Jeff Banks, the Texas special teams coach, all on today's episode of Locked on Pokes. Thanks for making Locked on Pokes your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. You are Locked on Pokes, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode of Locked On Pokes is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family from the community can come together. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. What is up, Cowboy fans? Welcome to the Locked On Pokes podcast, your daily Oklahoma State podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Linda Godfrey, co-host of Fantasy Besties and avid Oklahoma State fan, you can follow me on Twitter at Lindellians. You can follow the show at Locked underscore on underscore Pokes on Twitter or find the show on the Locked on Pokes Facebook page. Make sure you follow or subscribe on your favorite podcast app to get the latest shows every weekday here with Locked on Pokes. All right, so I've been sitting with the news from the NCAA for several hours now. Full disclosure, I'm not handling it very well. I may or may not have cried during the presser. I'm going to do my best not to swear, at least not in excess, but I'm a very, very big mess of sad and angry and confused. And I know all Oklahoma State fans feel me on this. I know the team and and Mike Boynton are reeling about what has transpired today. It's, it's been a brutal day to be an Oklahoma State fan. I can't imagine what the players and Mike Boynton are going through right now. I'm not going to try to imagine because my heart is broken enough. So just a quick overview before I dive into what all has happened today. The FBI caught former Oklahoma State assistant Lamont Evans accepting a little over $18,000 in bribes to steer players at both Oklahoma State and his previous school, South Carolina, to certain agents and financial advisors. There's no evidence that he bought recruits. There's no evidence that he paid student-athletes to remain at their schools. The only player known to have ever received anything from Lamont Evans is Jeffrey Carroll, and what he allegedly received was $300 that was paid back, Carroll served a three-game suspension for what he had done during the 2018-2019 season. So, Lamont Evans has been fired. He's no longer with Oklahoma State. None of the players from that season are still with Oklahoma State. None of them. Mike Boynton was not the head coach then. Oklahoma State fully cooperated with the NCAA who I have just a myriad of thoughts on. It might have to get its own segment, just just how I feel about the NCAA and, and what they do and what they say they're trying to do and, and how they really govern. Um, but I'm not going to get too deep into that. I'm trying just to focus on what we have in front of us. So 
Mike Boynton has, first of all, Mike Boynton and Chad Weiberg, the new athletic director, have walked some pretty treacherous paths so far uh, in their fairly new tenures. Mike Boynton has now been around for a couple of years, but Chad Weiberg is just taking over this athletic director position, and he's been tasked now with both handling this NCAA violation and punishment, as well as the Big 12 rearranging. So he's had... You know that scene in Community when when Dan, Donald Glover walks in with the pizzas and like the whole apartment is on fire? I feel like that's how Chad Weiberg's uh, first year as athletic director has gone. But so you have these coach this this coach and Mike Boynton who had nothing to do with this scandal. He's built an entire team. Everybody on that team now, he's it's finally his team, and they're gonna get punished for something that they didn't have anything to do with. This freshman class was in seventh grade when this happened. Seventh grade. I don't even remember seventh grade, aside from that I was taller than everybody else and I didn't want to be there anymore. There is so much issue, I feel, with punishing these kids that are, you know, this may be... Not not a lot of kids go to the NBA. Not a lot of kids go to the NFL. Not a lot of kids get to go professional from their collegiate athletics. It just doesn't happen very often. When it does happen, it's amazing, and we celebrate it, and that's great. But that's not going to happen to 85 90% of these kids. And you're taking from them a chance at more, more time playing their game, a chance at chasing titles, both at the Big 12 championship and the NCAA championship level. It's not fair. I, I, I know... What happened? I understand that we had a rogue coach who, by the way, gave no competitive game gain to Oklahoma State. All financial gain, personal financial gain for Lamont Evans has screwed these kids who now don't have the chance to, especially Isaac Likely, I can't get him out of my head. This senior that's gone through so much, that's fought through injury, that has been there from the beginning that's gone through this messy new coaching landscape that has been by Mike Boynton's side, isn't going to get the chance his senior year to finally be the leader in that locker room. It's it's crushing to me. I can't help but think, first, mm, I have so many things. See, I tried to cool down before I sat back here to record this. I couldn't do it. I know I'm rattling. How do you wait nine months after an appeal is filed the week that... The season starts. We play, sure, an exhibition game, but an exhibition game nonetheless on Friday. So Mike Boynton had to do that presser today at 11 a.m. and then turn around and host practice and start getting ready for a basketball game and subsequent basketball games to come. There are, it, I mean, it's basketball season. And the NCAA waited till now to hand this down. It's, it broke my heart today. It's breaking my heart to talk about it. If I get a little weepy, bear with me. I'm sensitive, okay? I like sports too much. It's probably a me issue, but it doesn't matter. The next thing I want to say, though, is is the support that is being thrown towards the men's basketball team, towards Mike Boynton, towards the school as a whole, has been just a super solid reminder about why I'm so happy that Oklahoma State is the fan base that I'm a part of. The players are tweeting, uh, you know, Mike Boynton's players are tweeting, we're not going anywhere, we ride for Oklahoma State. You know, uh, I think Rondell Walker posted a picture 
of him his sophomore year. He was like, this was me as a sophomore in high school when this all happened. Mike Boynton, thankfully, I, I, I can't imagine going through this. I'm so sorry I keep stuttering. I'm so wound up again. I thought I had cooled down, but clearly I hadn't. Mike Boynton is the coach. I think he is the perfect guy for Oklahoma State to ride through with this. Now, of course, we've given him the extension. He's here at least for the next, you know, the foreseeable future. And there is not a guy I would rather have at the helm while we face what we face. This is very likely not over. There are a lot of issues that Oklahoma State has pointed out that Chad Weiberg and Casey Shrum, the president of Oklahoma State, have pointed out that the NCAA, double, the NCAA did that was wrong or things that they didn't follow through on their part. So I would be surprised if this is the end of this colossal disaster that NCAA has created, but they're killing their own brand. Again, I'm not trying to get started on an NCAA rant. I could do 45 minutes of that alone. What we have to do is what we always do and and just show up to games. We fill Gallagher-Iba Arena no matter who we're playing at Tuesday night at 8 or Friday at 4, we have to fill up GIA and show them that we are behind them and with them regardless of what the end of this year brings so that they want to keep coming back. That's part of the joy. You guys, if you've been in Gallagher-Iba Arena in a good close game, in a game where it gets loud, you, it's an experience that I don't think is comparable to anything else. It's a fantastic thing to be a part of. So we have to be filling those seats in GIA. Friday night, we play UCO in Gallagher-Iba Arena. The tickets are cheap. Get there. I will buy you a ticket if you send me a message on Twitter and say, I need two tickets to this game. I will get you two tickets to this game. It is huge that we fill that arena and show these players and that coach that we are behind them 110%, no matter what happens in the coming weeks with this NCAA tournament. I'm going to move on because I could seriously do a full hour on this. I've been worked up all day. Everybody at my office heard me rant. I've ranted. I went, I work with my mom. I went to her house after work to continue ranting because I wasn't done yet. So next up, college football playoff rankings came out, the initial ones, and I sat down with the other Locked On Big 12 hosts to discuss those. But first... College football fans, have you heard about Prize Picks? Prize Picks offers all the props you can think of touchdowns, interceptions, field goals, college and professional. Plus, it's super easy to use. That's coming from me, somebody that does not find phones or computers super easy to use. You pick two to five players and an over under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. It's just you versus their projected numbers. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Price Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Make sure to use promo code Locked On for a 100% match up to $100. Don't hesitate. Check out PrizePicks.com or go to your App Store and download the app today. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. This episode of Locked on Pokes is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team can come to recharge. It's much better when you win, though. I think we can all agree that 
a burger and fries and a big Dr. Pepper are better coming off a win than they are a loss. They're good to like, it's nice to eat your feelings. I had like four cookies this morning after the NCAA sanctions, but I think we can all agree that a winning burger and fries is better than a losing burger and fries. So head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. Did somebody say Locked on Pokes watch party? Thanks for making Locked on Pokes your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We had our first round of, uh, of college football playoff rankings. And that is where, where we are going to start. So a couple things before we get into this. Um, just this is an initial ranking, obviously. You know, you're going to feel certain ways about this. I think one thing is the committee, like us, understands that some of this stuff is going to play itself out. So we should all understand that as we approach this. All right. No. So let's take a look at it right now. No, John says no. All right. So uh, take a look at this list. Here you go. The teams that are going to come in, and this is kind of a weird way they structured it. I'm going to move the bottom right thing that I have right there. So uh, on the bottom right of the screen, the bottom left is where I moved. Bottom right is where the rankings start. Our Big 12 and Big 12 affiliated teams begin at number 15 with Jacob Hatch's BYU Cougars. Jacob, go to you first on this one. How do we feel? 15. I think it's pretty fair for the Cougs. It's also a pretty good ranking. Yeah, I, I actually think it was a little higher than I anticipated I because looking at the AP poll and the coaches poll on Sunday, they were 17th in the AP poll, and he also saw them 20th in the coaches poll. I just felt like they were probably going to be in that 17 to 20 range. But sitting at 15, they're actually only one spot behind where they checked in in the initial rankings last year in 2020 when the Cougars were 9-0. and So I think a lot of respect being given to BYU, the fact that they've played six Power 5 opponents so far this year and have gone 5-1 and one against them. Got a nice win in the Bronco Bowl this past <laughs> weekend against Wild uh, Bronco. Win. Yes, against Bronco Mendenhall and UVA. Steven, I'll go to you next on Baylor. All right. The Baylor Bears team you're very familiar with covering in that West Texas market. Um, I think 12 is a really is a really strong rating. I think it's correct too. I think there's one thing that we've learned from watching Baylor this year is that like they are a really strong one-loss team, lost a, co- a close game to Oklahoma State, then besides that have been blemish-free. And I- I've said this a bunch, but I think they pose the best challenge to Oklahoma because of what they do on both sides of the ball. I could see them winning a low-scoring game, and a higher scoring game against the Sooners because of how their team plays. Stephen, how do you feel about uh, Baylor at 12? I think it's a good spot for them to be in. Uh, you know, the, the identity shift that we've talked about and you sort of laid out there for them has been pretty remarkable to turn around in one year from from two and seven to what they are now, which is a really balanced group that gets after you on defense and can run the football and then use that to get into the passing game uh, with a quarterback who is – gaining confidence, I think, by the week in Gary Bohannon. You know, the schedule for them sort of lightens up. You still have the Oklahoma game looming, and that's going to be huge. But they've already played Oklahoma State. They've already played Iowa State. They obviously took that loss to Oklahoma State, uh, which will loom large if, if the Pokes can, you know, run the table here. Um, or if, even if they lose a game, they'll, they'll have that tiebreaker situation. But I feel like Baylor's in a good spot. Um, and, it, it, you know, if they can take care of their business against everyone and then find a way – to put up a good showing or steal a game against Oklahoma, then um, they'll they'll be at least in the conversation, which for Dave Aranda in year two, 
um, is a pretty big upshot from from where they were last season during the, the COVID year. And then, Linda, we'll go to number 11 now to get your thoughts here on the pokes right there. I think, to me, this ranking shows that they kind of see that loss to Iowa State the way I see it. It's a close loss, but it's loss that came result of, of a kind of a shoddy spot, and that's why they're right behind a great brand like Notre Dame. They're right behind an undefeated Wake Forest. They're right behind, uh, right behind their rival Oklahoma, too. A team that's really imperfect, but performance-wise has either won or been as close as you can be to winning every single game they've played this year. Yeah, I was uh, shocked. For sure, at the beginning of the year, I did not anticipate being where we are now. I think it speaks volumes to Jim Knowles and what he's done with that defense that I think, without a doubt, I would say is the best defense in the Big 12 uh, he can do so many different he, – he has so many different packages and he keeps uh, offenses on their toes. It's why that defense keeps us in games. <sighs> we got to get through West Virginia. You know where I've been in this situation before as an Oklahoma State fan where it's like in control of your own destiny type of thing, and I think they really are. And because of that, I can't think forward to – well, we have Texas Tech and uh, we have OU and and – TCU, sorry, and but no, I can't fine. think. I can't think forward to to what we have before OU and and put OU on that like pedestal that they so like to be on. And uh, I think we just got to take it one week at a time. I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm feeling real petty this evening. Uh, As most of gets, the nation is, I think that's yeah. That gets us to John in Oklahoma. So John, I know you did locked on now, but the Sooners oh, are number man. eight behind Michigan, behind Cincy behind Ohio State, and then obviously your top four, Georgia, Bama, Michigan State, and Oregon. What is your main gripe? We'll kind of go along with it, and everybody can get in this conversation. What's your main gripe? What is your main gripe with Oklahoma at eight? Where do you think they should be? Uh, what are your thoughts? Excuse me. What are your thoughts here on this? Yeah, so uh, coming into this, you know, I was expecting them to be somewhere like four or five. You know, I, I think kind of reasonable expectations probably had them about five. I was – I was – expecting Alabama, you know, Georgia, Alabama, Michigan state to be in that top four in some particular order. What I was not expecting was Oregon. What I was not expecting was necessarily Michigan either. Like I can see, you could, I can see a case for Ohio state and Cincinnati. And if you want to throw Oregon up there because of that opening season loss or win over Ohio state, I, I can understand it, but to have four one loss teams up there ahead of Oklahoma it, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Just just somebody make it make sense. And, yes, Oklahoma has played a lot of close games this year, but they've won them all. They're undefeated. And they're coming off of a 31-point win over a Texas Tech team. They have a 21-point win over TCU just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, that Kansas game looked bad, but they also scored 35 points in the second half to not only win, but win by double digits in, in, in a game that they didn't show up for the first half. And so it, it just it kind of – still boggles my mind. And, and again, it's still the issue that I have with college football a little bit in that the style points seem to matter more than just winning football games. And this is what this is showing. This is what the college football playoff committee is showing with this ranking. Again, I can kind of understand it. I mean, Alabama is the team that's always going to be the, the getting the excuses and, and put up there regardless of what they do. Um, you know, Michigan state had a great win over Michigan, but putting Michigan ahead of OU, it, again, it doesn't make sense. And it, it puts me in a position where I'm like, can I trust the college football playoff community to do the right thing, even if Oklahoma wins out? Because uh, now no. you've got two SEC teams. You've got 
four or was it three Big Ten teams ahead of Oklahoma? And depending on all the chaos that happens at the end of the season, what what's this going to look like? Already, I mean, Oklahoma's got some big games ahead of them. They're not going to be able to afford a loss. Even if they go undefeated, is the college football playoff going to do the right thing? And I want to speak on Cincinnati's behalf, too. I'm a little bit irritated for them because Cincinnati mm-hmm. is doing everything that you could ask a group of five team to do, and you're still going to slot them sixth. And it just continues to show that the facade that the college football playoff is for anybody outside of the power five, which is one of the reasons I'm most looking forward to expansion is that it gives everybody a chance, like not just Oklahoma, but everybody, like it gives a Cincinnati a chance. It gives a UCF, a BYU a chance. Now BYU is going to be in the power five soon, but I mean, everybody gets a chance in an expanded playoff, but yeah, I I just, it's just hard for me to get my mind around the idea that four one loss teams deserve a right, deserve to, to be higher than Oklahoma. Yeah, I think it, you know the, on the Cincinnati point. Let's just let's just tackle that first. BYU, honestly, I'm pretty surprised they got the treatment they did, right, Jacob? Because look what Cincinnati got. Yeah. Where is UTSA? Where is well, SMU? And where that, is Houston? That that's the thing about all this is the the college football playoff committee. Their reasoning, so called, it, it makes no sense because. I think UTSA is a very good football team, but if you if you read the transcript or you listened to that phone call with uh, Gary Barta, he essentially said, "Okay, well, UTSA they haven't beaten anybody, so to say." And he also about Cincinnati. Well, they beat Notre Dame, but who else have they beaten? Okay, as Josh says, they're winning football games. Give them credit for doing what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to go out and win games. Give them that credit. I, I don't know. It, it, it boggles my mind. And then I want to go back also to this quote from earlier in the evening where, where Gary Bart, and this applies to both Cincinnati and Oklahoma, where Gary Bart has said about Ohio State, quote, they don't yet have a signature win. And because Oregon beat them the head to, in the head to head, that was an important piece of uh, important criteria, important part of the criteria. End quote. The first comment is, well, if that's the case, then why are they ahead of Cincinnati? I would say that's true for both. Cincinnati and Oklahoma, because while those teams might not have a signature win, and Cincinnati's got one, they beat Notre Dame in South Bend. That's a top ten team, and uh, I mean, here's the thing about here's so they should be up there. There's a signature win. That's what I'm saying. They should be up there for Oklahoma. Like, sure, they don't have maybe a signature win, but they haven't lost, and that's the part that bothers me. Is that what? Ohio State has run over basically everybody they played. And look, while Penn State is a decent football team, um, Penn State lost to Illinois at home. And Penn State goes the next week and uh, you know they put up a nice fight against Ohio State and they really gave them a tough time. But Penn State's not that – you know, I'm actually trying to – let me double check here in, the, in these rankings. Um, Penn State not pictured here, right? No, is anybody else – Penn State's not in these. No Penn State. So – you know, that's that's the kind of stuff we have to square. Now, Stephen, one thing about this is, I think we have to realize, this stuff is going to start to work itself out, right? Like, the, it's going to work itself out. The one issue I have, though, is the three Big Ten teams. Because they're basically putting the Big Ten in line to go to the playoff. Mm-hmm. That's what I didn't like. Because Ohio State's got a loss, but they're right there. Michigan being ahead of OU puts them right there. So maybe in position to, to you know, if things while well, hell breaks loose, uh, you know, the second place team in the Big Ten West 
might vulture a spot. God forbid somebody beats them in the Big Twelve champion, Big Ten championship game, whatever. But you guys see what I'm saying here. So Stephen, uh, I'll go to you first on this. Like the Big Ten getting a lot of respect right here, but also at the same time, there seems to be an expectation that some of these things are going to work themselves out. They will. I mean, you have some head-to-head matchups that will put teams in good situations. As John kind of laid out there, OU at eight. I mean, they'll have opportunities to win games and move up. But, yeah, the the love for the Big Ten is confounding. I mean, does it matter that much that Minnesota's at 20? No, but at the same time, it does. Like, they lost to Bowling Green earlier this year. It doesn't make any sense that they're sitting there at number 20. As you said before we got on, Josh, like Iowa has proven to be very fraudulent and they're still there in the top 25 at 22. And I don't like, I don't understand the obsession with the same brand names every year. Like I'm exaggerating here a little bit uh, shocking. I know, but one of the big reasons why the BCS was put to bed was because we wanted to see different matchups. Like we wanted to get an opportunity to see a Cincinnati get in. Or, you know, Boise State, when they were rolling, get a chance to play for a national championship, get a chance to play in a semifinal. Um, like give those schools an opportunity. Like, what does it hurt to let Cincinnati play Georgia? I don't know if they'll score on them, but I don't know if, you know, like Ohio State will either. Like, we we just – we we don't have um, the, the proof that they're just going to get blown out of the water. And honestly, I mean, people are going to watch – People are still going to show up in the stadium. You're not going to lose that much on the bottom line. Like, I, I don't buy this theory of people are just trying to line their pockets. Like, nobody watches live TV anymore except for sports. We're going to tune into the college football right. playoff. Just tell us who's in. Like, tell us who's playing the games, and we're going to watch it. Um, so, as long as they're not on New Year's Eve, which I believe the first round of the playoff is on New Year's Eve this year, mm-hmm. which is one of the yeah. dumbest things that they've ever done. And that is just like, that is the worst, one of the worst decisions ever. Because you know what everybody's I mean, that, doing on New Year's Day? Everybody's hungover, sitting around. Linda, go ahead. I was going to – well, I mean, I can drink effectively on my couch and watch college football on New Year's <laughs> Eve. I think it'll be fine. <laughs> but no, but here's the thing. As a college kid, when I was in college, I mean, I would. But, like, how fun is that, right? You know what I mean? Now, granted, I think Michigan State actually ironically got slaughtered against Alabama uh, that year. It was on – it was it was that it was that matchup on New Year's Eve. But that's kind of where, you know, that, and also for the Big 12, here's the nightmare situation. If Alabama beats, if Alabama beats Georgia, we are all in some deep, deep trouble, right? Because that basically guarantees you two things here. One, Alabama and Georgia are in. Two, the Big, Tw- the Big, Ten, uh, the Big Ten West kind of winner is going to get themselves their end, right? Between Michigan State and Michigan, Ohio State, we figure one of those teams is going to find themselves in there. And then the final thing, three, if Oregon wins out, like, I think Oklahoma should jump them, personally. Because Oklahoma would then, Oklahoma's last run is going to involve them beating Baylor, Oklahoma State, and one of those teams most likely twice, right, if they want to win, if they want to go to undefeated the college ball playoff, and also an Iowa State team. But the big question here is, even if Oregon runs the table the rest of the way, are they going to dislodge them from that four spot? Now, I know it's hypothetical, but just saying this is a very real scenario because how invested should Georgia be in a championship game against Alabama where, hey, should we show them all of our cards? Because we might see these guys again. Do we really want to show them everything right here in this in this game? And then also, and even if they, even they do, it's like, okay, they're, they're still good to go. That's what I'm concerned about. And I know once again, people say it'll play itself out, it'll work itself out. 
there is a bit more congestion here than I remember. There's a whole lot of teams that can find them. I mean, Cincinnati's in position to be perfect. Wake Forest is an outside shot. Oklahoma's got a great chance. If we're already excusing Ohio State, they're going to be up there right now. Oregon just needs to sweep that 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 rest of schedule, which they don't always do, but it's doable. Um, does anybody, John? I'll let you go first in this. Like this, this is not the easiest road here to take in general. I think to 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 you know, and you know, everybody always says it's going to work itself out. I feel like we have a bit more treachery in that category this year. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what got set up here in the in these initial rankings is that like if Oregon wins out, I mean, how can you move them down? out of the four spot like you're then going to have to have somebody jump them which is going to piss off the pacific northwest and then you know ohio state does the same thing and they you know if they get in or michigan state one of those two teams or what if ohio state beats michigan state and then you have a one loss big 10 champ and then you got michigan state how far do they fall after losing to you know supposedly the the top five a top five team and then there's just so much here there's so much in front of oklahoma that even if those teams beat up on each other, you can end up with like six or seven one-loss teams or six mm-hmm. one-loss teams in Cincinnati. But how much do those teams fall? Even if Oklahoma is undefeated, like the college football playoff will then be having to justify jumping Oklahoma over these teams that lost to a you know seventh-ranked Michigan or you know say it's Ohio State that beats Michigan State, you know the fifth-ranked uh, Ohio State or. Yeah, and so th- there's just a lot of just weird things that have to happen. And if o- if Oklahoma wins out, great. But I still just – I don't know. I just don't trust the committee to do the right thing. Anybody else here before we move on? Anybody else want to add anything? I'll just I think say you the, guys – Oh, oh, oh no, go. okay. I'll just quickly say the dumbest thing they've ever done – is have whoever the chairman is trot out there and try to explain this stuff. Gary Barnett gets massacred Good. every they week by the media. It's all they just get in the room and they get the rankings and then they're like, okay, what well, we have to justify this now. So let's get some reasons going. But I mean, I haven't paid as much attention to it in the last few years because obviously the frogs are involved. You know, I remember back in 2014, Jeff Long just every week was coming up with whatever reason for, for it. But it's, he, it's also subjective. in retrospect, he's like the worst possible guy to. Oh yeah, there answering yeah. questions. It's it's been a mess, but whoever draws the short straw on that, like I'm sure there's some good money associated with it. But mm-hmm. keep me away from that job of trying to answer why I put you know one loss Oregon above Ohio State and Cincinnati. It's just it's a it's a dumb dumb situation. But anyway, that's that's all I had to say. Yeah, they just need to talk hire a few bloggers to uh, represent. Or Roger Goodell. Roger Goodell's yeah. a human shield. That's his yeah. job. Yeah, you just get a few bloggers to represent each team, and they can come up with the justification for the for the guy, and then <laughs> let him try it out there and read the note cards. It's actually a very for, good idea. Linda, you had time before we move on. For a hundred, uh, I just I oh, think you guys underestimate the uh, the amount of like the business money side goes into it. Like I understand that it's a cheap throwaway way, like to say like, well, it's a business this is what we do, but. It is a business. I, I do think it has a lot more to do with it than we want to admit as fans of sports. And that part sucks of it. But I, I definitely think it has a lot more to do with it than than we want to see. My counter would be then why the hell is Oklahoma not in the top four, right? That's what the that's hell? fair. That's yeah. fair. They're, but they're no, I, I, do see, I do see what you're saying. That, that is the, the shafting of Cincinnati would leave Absolutely. us all to believe it. It's, you know, like they basically put Wake Forest nine. They're like, uh, sorry, because here and here's my other big gripe. If Clemson had Wake Forest resume, guess where they are? 
They are number two, number two in these rankings. That's where they are. If you if you put a big paw over Wake Forest, right? There's my paw right there. Put a big paw over Wake. Um, uh, J- uh, Jacob, I'll let, you, I'll let you close this out on this. I was just, just going to say, if, you, if you're going to give me $128 million like Roger Goodell has made over the last two years, I'm totally fine to go out and stand in front of people. And let them I will it. eat all of your shit is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, I just, just put me and I, I will do it. Because um, that's basically his job. Next up, a story about a special teams coach, a monkey, and a woman named Pole Assassin. But before we move on, I have to tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar out there, and you can get 15% off your order at Built.com with promo code LOCKED15. It tastes like a candy bar, but it's a healthy option for a sweet treat. 17 to 18 grams of protein and only 4 to 5 grams of sugar. Built Bar has 9 flavors, ranging from raspberry to coconut to peanut butter chocolate. If you're adventurous and looking to try every flavor, you can check out Built Bar's Mix Box where you get two of each of the nine flavors over on Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Again, head over to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your order. BetOnline got a makeover with a whole new look to start the basketball season which would be exciting, but I'm still sad about basketball. (laughs) But it's still the number one place for all your football and basketball action this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Basketball, baseball, football, NFL coaching staffs, head to the new website or mobile app and use promo code LOCKED15 for a 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports Remember to use promo code locked on to receive your welcome bonus. Bet online where the game starts. It is Monkey Gates. So, for those of you who are not aware of the situation, if I mess up at any point, please chime in. Jeff Banks is the Texas special teams coach. He came over from Alabama. Actually, pretty big coup to get him uh, to come over from Bama to be the coach. He was married, and I feel like this is this is important. He was married. He is no longer married, and he has been in a relationship with a stripper. They are dating, but his, his, she was a exotic dancer, excuse me, who, who goes by the name. This is not made up. Well, it's made up by her. Paul Assassin. Uh, her name is Paul Assassin, and she has a monkey. I think the monkey's name is Gia, um, mm-hmm. is the monkey's name. So during trick-or-treating on uh, whenever it was, Sunday night, I guess, um, there was a haunted house in their in their house, basically. They kind of created a haunted situation, and at the end of it, the kids go to the front door and get candy. Well, according to Paul uh, Assassin, one of the kids disregarded a sign that says, do not go past this sign. There is a, uh, there is a service animal past here. It was on a gate. According to her, once again, kid went by the gate, went up to the um, the monkey's habitat is his cage situation, put her hand, put their hand in it. The monkey bit, <laughs> bit the hand and apparently his oh, jaws laughing. had to be his jaws had to be removed from the child's hand. So my question to you all is, um, <laughs> do we do we believe Paul, Paul Assassin? And number two. Whose side are you on, Stephen? Lead us off. 
Do you think he met this woman like at Costco or at Walmart? I think I like- think it's a very nefarious way that he met this woman. Okay, well that's that's just the first thing I wanted to say. I didn't know if they had like a meet cute at the Costco <laughs> or something. But um, well, first I think since we're talking about Texas, I'm on the side of the kid because it is all gas, no brakes. That's their motto. That's the mentality. He saw the sign. He's not going to listen to it. He's going to keep going. Okay. He's getting after it. He's exploring. This is his business. Um, so that's, that's the first thing I'm, I'm on the side of the child. Uh, I love the story. I think this is the best proof that Texas has uh, shown so far that they are ready for the sec because this is an sec story through and through. Um, and they're not really putting a great product out on the field, so why not get involved with this? The other funny thing to me is this is like this was on Reddit yesterday. That's where I saw it kind of break, and I really felt like it was just an internet thing. But my like my lovely mom, who is a sweet innocent person, she texted me about this story like before we got on. So apparently, it's made it to like the local news or the paper because that's the only place she like she's not on Twitter. So we've we've gone mainstream. <laughs> Gia and Pole Assassin have gone mainstream, which is great for them. Um, and I also love that she was like trying to defend herself and the monkey on Twitter yesterday. Like nobody, nobody's sticking up for the monkey. Like, I'm just, I um, agree with this. That's right. John, nobody, John, John, are you on monkey side? I mean, you got to give the monkey, you know, a little bit of, a little bit of defense. Like if, if a hand gets stuck in your cage, I mean, there's a good chance it's going to get bit. I'm yeah. just saying, but I'm still with the kid. Like, you know, if you got an animal that's going to be biting people, you gotta. You also gotta protect kids if you're gonna have them coming into your house. And a sign just isn't gonna do it for kids. I'm sorry. I've got a, a five year old. She may or may not read a sign. I'm just gonna say that. We we also uh, do need to question the parents who let their kid go to a party led by pole assassin. I did factor that into my thinking just now. Well, yeah. but, you, but you think <laughs> well, it's Jeff Banks's house? It, you, yeah. There's trick or treating. So you think it's Jeff Banks' okay. house? That's true. Yeah. And you go well. I mean, maybe maybe they should just at the her. Banks residence. <laughs> maybe maybe they should go there. <laughs> Since Jeff Banks has a very questionable past here. Yeah. Uh, Linda, what I mean, about what about? Oh, go, ahead, also, John, go ahead, John. ahead. Yeah, we're 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 underplaying the fact that he's not just the special teams coach. He's the assistant head coach. He is at Texas, Which and is also the coach. tight ends coach. And I'll leave it at that. Um, <laughs> he's got a lot of responsibility. I'm sure he's one of the best. He's also probably one of the best recruiters. Oh, uh, Linda, your thoughts. Thinking. What if your daughter Sorry. ignored the sign? Would you be mad at the owner of the monkey? Would you be mad at your daughter? The monkey? Who are you mad at? No, I would 100. Okay. Cause here's the thing. Um, John said, my daughter may or may not read the sign. My daughter may read the sign and go, I'm going to stick my hand in it anyway. I'm going to touch yep. that monkey before exactly. we leave this house. Like absolutely, there's a very good chance. So I'll be on the monkey side if my kid, like there's a sign, but also I'm pretty peculiar about where I take my kid trick or treating. Um, and we don't really do haunted houses. I don't really do jump scares. So as a whole, mm. we just go to like, Oh, those lights are on. That feels safe. There's no like smoke and mirrors. Um, but I think I'm on the monkey side. Like, first of all, probably pole assassin shouldn't have a pet monkey. I think that's it was fair. part of her act. Do you ever see a video? Uh, yeah, probably, probably not the Jerry least question. Video. She's been I'm, on Jerry Springer. She's she has. 
with Gia the she's, monkey. I will say this. She is quite athletic. I will give her this. That is the one kind of thing. That, uh, <laughs> she's I just, it's Four fantastic content, and the kid shouldn't have stuck his hand in, or her, I don't know, their hand. Je- Jeff, the... Grimes, uh, Jeff Grimes. Jeff Banks, uh, eye for talent, right? I think that's the one thing. That's, that's, that's one of the what we can say. Also, I like saying special teams coach because I have the kicker thing that I just like, so it's like extra <laughs> funny to me. <laughs> Uh, Jacob, would this ever happen in the state of Utah involving anybody in <laughs> <BYU> football program? <laughs> hey, a no, uh, in terms of BYU football program, I feel like I, but I take okay, here's the thing with John and Linda. I have a five year old daughter, I've got a three year old son. Neither one of them are paying attention to that sign. They're gonna exactly. be like, Ooh, cool, monkey, let's go, let's go see the monkey. Like, uh, that's what we're doing. But the, the, the thing about this is, this is so like college football it's not even funny it just yeah. it, it fits this sport so perfectly i saw i saw a, a post uh from the reddit twitter feed that kind of led me to start looking into it and reading up on it and i'm like this is just getting more and more ridiculous so it's just it is the like almost most like iconic and most like perfect college football story that i can imagine coming out right now yeah and the one thing so the best part of the story obviously is that Jeff Banks is dating he's left his wife and children to date somebody whose name is Paul Assassin. Like Paul Assassin is the best part of the story. Absolutely. Both by name and by trade. Um, second favorite <laughs> part of this, and I pointed this out last night. And, and um, if you go to the initial tweet, Tom Campbell tweeted this out. He is not verified. And that's, that's where this sport really like this, is why this sport is awesome. Because unverified people can tweet stuff out. And it turns out he might have been totally accurate on this. This guy tweets out, Tom Campbell. He says, quote, I'm hearing a report from a credible source. He misspells report. So I'm not sure if you guys, I'm not sure how you guys value spelling. I'm not great at spelling. And, and I'm, but I'm always really angry when I misspell something in a, in a tweet or mess something up. I messed up the other tweet with Steven the other day. I typed the wrong person. I kingdom for an edit button on Twitter. Yeah, I mean, yes. And so this like, so this is why I'm like, I, I see the guy spelled report and I'm like, there's no effing way this unverified guy who spelled report incorrectly is correct. This guy nailed it. It seems like it seems now it, it's not this whole thing is, you know, um, this is not Jeff Banks's Jeff Banks's uh, monkey by all indications. Um, but yeah, I would just like, like pull assassin, her explaining everything on the Twitter videos, then deleting her Twitter completely. Um, my hope is we haven't heard the last from this story. Uh, we no, we we got a college football coach and an entrepreneur that he is dating. There's a lawsuit coming, brother. These parents. And also, are... he's a he's a top candidate for the Washington State job. Which is like this is, is he vaccinated? Um, it seems like that might that might <laughs> be the last of his words. That might be the last of his worries. Maybe I'll look past it if he's vaccinated. <laughs> anyway, as long as he's vaccinated, it's all we care about here in Washington State. All right, we can put up the rest of the stuff. All right, so anybody else want to close this out here? Anybody else got any closing thoughts on Paul Assassin, Jeff Banks, and the monkey that bit a child on Halloween? I just yeah. I just want to see this play out on another I can't wait for the kids. Like, it needs to play out in, <laughs> in public. This needs to happen more. And right. Orgeron is probably the happiest man alive right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily for Texas, the college ball r- playoff rankings came out, and they're not in it. So there's no like because if I saw a Longhorns logo today, I'd be like, oh my god, like lol. 
but we didn't see it today. So and that's not me making fun of them. I'm, I'm actually dead out serious about that. Thanks for making Locked On Pokes your first listen every day. Make sure to check back in tomorrow as we look forward to the matchup with West Virginia. Now go make your second listen, Locked On Big 12. Get all of your daily Big 12 news in less than 30 minutes with Big 12 expert Josh Neighbors, free and available on all platforms. Remember, you can find me on Twitter at Lindellians or follow the show page at Locked underscore on underscore Pokes on Twitter or the Locked On Pokes Facebook page. I will talk to you all tomorrow. Go Pokes!